Hey, it's us again. Remember us? Uh, I, have you seen enough of us this week? Well, get used to us because you're going to get another four hours of a Saturday, folks, on our D3 Blitzer show, which no longer stands for East Region on the ER, so we lowercased it now. It's D3 Blitzer uh, just kind of as is. But, uh, the big Z. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to make this a quick show because uh, you're sick of us. And uh, this is our Week 10 Live Preview and Prediction Show. Dog loves the song. What can I say? This show has gone to the dogs. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, my goodness. Um, we're at week I... 10, man. We made it to week 10. Yeah, we've got another six to go after this, you know. <laughs> Tag Bowl. Yeah, sorry, sorry to break the news to you. Uh, we have a viewer question. We'll be 100 games every weekend. Yeah, yeah we point. do, actually. And it, um, you know, yeah. Still a ways to go, but much less games. It's going to you know, slowly ratchet down. And uh, speaking of games, just remember, if you're eligible or want to be eligible for one of these postseason bowl games, get your bids in by Monday. If you're a outstanding student athlete with a great GPA, a you know, great football track record of awards and honors, and you're doing some cool stuff in the community, put your name in for the Gallardi Trophy. Get your get yourself nominated. We're uh, trying to trying to get the word out. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. Um, good opportunities uh, for sort of postseason stuff. If you're SID, by the way, thank hashtag thank you SIDs. This is the SID Recognition Week. We could not do this show without all your guys' hard work, um, all the videos, all the box scores, the statistics, everything. Um, if you're uh, if you're on campus today, give your SID a big high five and thank them. From in the huddle because we we definitely appreciate everything they do um, for all you guys and, and certainly for us. But Frank, to the question, <clears throat> it's something that we've. Sorry, you had something else. No, no, no. Are you yeah, just yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm so. I'm that wrong. was like, yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, have some coffee. <laughs> let's let's do this. Get live. this guy some more coffee. Who 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 whoever yeah. made the decision to do this show live? I mean, who made this decision a long time ago? <laughs> Okay, just go with the question. Question, question. Okay. Go. So someone someone brought this up. Uh, I think it might have been our, our our friend Anton Cuff the other day about what about Del Val? I mean, we have we've talked about them week in week out. They've been uh, consistently, you know, they're basically the last undefeated team in Region One. Um, sorry to our friend Coach Ray and Williams, who is still hanging on there with an undefeated record in the NESCAC, but we know they're not going to the playoffs. That's just their deal. And when I think about well, you've been talking a little bit about the results in the 2019 playoffs, Del Val actually advanced farther than Mount Union. Uh, they, they both played North Central. Uh, both teams lost um, to North Central. Uh, the game for Mount was a little bit closer. But when it kind of comes down to seeding and rankings, someone, you know, Anton was like, 
Well, what about DelVal for a number one seed? Um, you know, they have an unbeaten record. They have a pretty strong strength of schedule. They made it to the, I think it was the Elite Eight last year, or the national quarterfinals. They went farther than Mountain Union. Uh, they didn't go as far as St. John's, um, but kind of using that sort of metric, and we've seen in the past, you know, an e- a quote-unquote East Region team get a quote-unquote number one seed before. I mean, maybe Cortland could make the case if they beat Ithaca and Cortica. Anyway, it was an interesting question. Made me think, yeah, what about DelVal? Why not? Okay, well, let's play the game. Let's play who are your top four seeds, okay? And so first thing you're going to do is assume that uh, North Central and uh, Whitewater are going to be the top two per se. Uh, North Central gets it by way of beating Wheaton most likely, uh, although uh, the strength of schedule situation will improve for them after playing Wash U. Uh, you know, they they could use a boost in the 520 uh, that they have currently. But let's assume North Central and Whitewater are your first two and that Mary Harden Baylor, let's see how they're looking. Mary Harden Baylor's uh, strength of schedule is 474. So if there's a team that's going to be the odd man out scenario here, uh, it very well could yeah. be Mary Harden Baylor uh, out of this grouping. Because remember, the performance in the previous year's playoffs question is a tiebreaker only if all other criteria are tied. Mary Harden Baylor is an outlier right now. And so it is very possible that we could be looking at a situation where it's North Central, Whitewater, St. John's, and then the question becomes, what about Mount Union versus DelVal? And my answer to you would be that since Mount Union does have a significantly better uh, strength of schedule at 560, uh, at least for now, that they will not view it as a tiebreaker necessity with DelVal. So the team that should be worried, honestly, in the whole batch of teams, if they really want a number one seed, is Mary Harden Baylor right now. They've got a win versus uh, Harden-Simmons, and if they beat Howard Payne, Howard Payne probably drops out of any kind of regional ranking contention at that point. So unless they can rank another ASC team by the end of this in Region 3, and remember, by putting them in Region 3, they actually did them a favor for ranking purposes. The Region 6 was too dense to get multiple teams yeah. from the ASC besides those two that we name all the time ranked. If they still can't get a third team ranked, well, this thing didn't work as well as it could have for uh, the ASC and Mary Harden Baylor. But my answer is that Del Val probably is on the outside looking in uh, for one seed. It's a good point by Antoine. Probably but a two. Same, Maybe a two. Absolutely a two. Absolutely a two. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind on a two, honestly. Uh, although there are some great undefeated teams across the country. I think DelVal fills, sure. fits the mold for a two-seed as long as geographically they are needed to be a two-seed, especially, let's say, on a Mount Union bracket. I think, honestly, the committee needs Mount Union to be a one-seed based on geography. Yeah. Because if you think of who we just named, if you think of uh, you know uh, North Central, Midwest, basically. Whitewater, Midwest, basically. Yep. Wisconsin. (laughs) Yep. So there's those two. Now if we go, if Mary Harden-Baylor was three, you know, what what do you start doing here? St. John's was one as well, Midwest. 
then you can't mm. do what you need to do to get teams folded in in pods with the geographic 600 mile radius now. It is now a 600 mile no That's official radius. deal? Okay. We believe so. Uh, right. Every other sport has gone to 600. We believe football as well. So uh, we're waiting for the pre-championship manual to come out. So flights now for over 600 miles uh, is the rule. But that's still, I mean, they need Mount Union. Mount Union needs to be a one seed inside a geographically protected bracket like this. So you're not yeah. going to lose Mount Union as a one, I, I feel like, because of something like that. Unless at Val somehow remarkably improves the resume in the next two weeks, and I'm not sure how that happens exactly. Maybe get a strength of schedule boost from the Widener game, but that's about it. Yeah, um, and you know, it looks like Mount Union's got games against uh, Marietta and Muskingum, so they're both around 500 type or three and four, four and four kind of teams, so that won't really move the needle. Well, DelVal does have Wilkes this weekend, and then they play Widener. Both of those teams are um six and two and but it, both of them are six and two respectively so that'll help boost del val's sos a little bit yeah, but we'll I, I think that. at the end of the day you're probably right yeah yeah well it's we gotta watch it it's a good question it, well, yep absolutely is and uh number one seeds we'll get a better grasp on it i think after this weekend uh let's yeah. see who wins and who doesn't and st john still has a big game against bethel most likely again uh in the championship yeah, game the mayak so, Big one, you know, yeah. don't don't assume anything right now with these undefeated teams. Widener is no pushover either. Uh, let's go to the Week 10 uh, key games here. In fact, let's well, let's get it larger than this for uh, uh, for our folks that are watching at small devices right now. <laughs> That's cute there, JB. I'm glad I cut that out before we got there. Yeah. Uh, Region 1, it's essentially the MASCAC Championship game, Bridgewater State, Framingham State. Also in Region 1, ECFC has uh, a couple of big matchups because we have a four-way tie there right now. Gallaudet versus Anna Maria and Castleton versus Alfred State. These are the four teams that are tied with one loss each, correct? That is right. Yeah, this is going to be the start of the round robin that will break this four-way tie and then, in theory, potentially set up a, a winner-take-all game in Week 11. Speaking of four-way ties, Salve Regina versus Husson is going to do something to help relieve yeah. their four-way tie as well. Uh, Region 2, Union versus Ithaca. It's an elimination game for Pool A, at least, for both teams, and very likely for Pool mm -hmm. C, uh, if uh, the, the team that loses probably is going to have a struggle getting in via Pool C, Union wouldn't be completely yeah. dead. Ithaca would be most likely uh, with a loss. So keep that in yeah, mind. Two losses as, seems to be the, the cutoff in, in Region 2 from what we saw in the first round of ranking. So you got to keep that 0 or 1 after your, your record. And plus, Ithaca has Corticus still to go, so they really have an uphill battle here, yeah. to say the least. Muhlenberg sure versus Susquehanna is a huge Centennial Conference game. If uh, Muhlenberg wins, they have the catbird seat in the Centennial Conference. If Susquehanna wins, Johns Hopkins benefits the most from that happening. So we'll see where that goes. Mm -hmm. The W&J versus Carnegie Mellon. Similarly, if W&J wins, w &J wins uh, they will have the catbird seat in the pack. But if Carnegie Mellon, excuse me, if W&J wins, Westminster will have the catbird seat in the pack, I should say. If Carnegie right. Mellon wins, they would. So it, it's another, yep. you want to win this game for your Pool C hopes because your Pool A hopes ride on another team basically 
crapping out at some point here, uh, namely Westminster mm-hmm. in this case, in the, the last two games. And St. Vincent and Geneva are Westminster's last two games, don't forget. Region 3, Trinity Birmingham Southern is the SAA championship game for all intents and purposes. Region 4, yep. this is a pretty convoluted group here in the OAC because having seen four teams ranked in the OAC, this is interesting to watch now. Baldwin Wallace versus Ohio Northern, the team that almost took down Mount a week ago, has a yeah. chance to take down Baldwin Wallace from Pool C hopes here. Uh, obviously, Brody Hahn has shown us he's an extremely capable quarterback. Also, John Carroll versus Heidelberg. John Carroll and Baldwin Wallace to face off in Week 11. So this is kind of an appetizer, if you want. Uh, or, mm-hmm. Sorry if I stole yep. somebody's trademark on that. Uh, and... <laughs> Albion versus Hope, a big MIAA game uh, going on there. Uh, finish out uh, Region 5 and Region 6 here. Well, uh, you know, North Central versus Washington University of St. Louis is a big game in as much as that, you know, WashU is in third place in the CCIW. They could, you know, throw a wrench into the system. They're not a, an automatic uh, guaranteed win for the defending champs. And, um, you know that the, they've been a solid team all season. Should be a game to watch if if, if North Central dominates this this game. And you know, once again, it's just more proof that they are the the number one team in the country. And, and maybe Wash U ends up playing in the first ever uh, was it Is, Isthmus Bowl um, in Wisconsin. And Culver's. so um, the Culvers. Oh yeah. Mm. That's going to be some good eats for those guys. So that's a, that would be an exciting bowl bid for, uh, you know, if that's the consolation prize for them losing this weekend, Washington U's in good hands with a with a, a bowl sponsored by Culver. So they'll be in the lead for the CCIW bid for that. Region 6, the game of the weekend, lacrosse versus Whitewater. It's the biggest game on this slate of really big games um, just because of how strong both of these teams are. It is a battle of D3 undefeated teams. Um, Lacrosse's only loss is to Division II power Grand Valley State. Um, maybe that matchup from earlier in the season will help them, you know, handle a, a team as strong as Whitewater. Should be a classic battle out in the Midwest. And then finally, you know, we've been talking about the, our friends up in Tacoma, Washington, the, the Pirates of Whitworth. They need to get by the Boxers of Pacific, though. Um, not a slam dunk uh, win for them, but they're on the regional rankings list, and, and they're getting some attention from the from the committee. If they can win out and go nine and one. They might have a, an outside chance. You never know. It's going to be a tough one because of their sort of more isolated position and the fact that the committee will not want them to have to play Linfield again. But maybe they could play this Kayak winner and they ship somebody else up to Oregon to play Linfield in, in a, a new pod. We'll have to wait and see. But we're going to keep an eye on that game as well. Um, to our friends in, in Region 3, we're not trying to, you know, say that there's nothing really else exciting going on. We're going to keep an eye on Farum versus Washington and Lee in the D3 Blitzer show. But as far as the biggest game of the region, you know, Trinity, Birmingham, Southern, that's it. And, and that will have a big impact on the SAA as well as Pool C and lots of other stuff. We'll go back to Region 6 for a second here. Uh, one thing I'll point out, and I pointed this out in quick hits as well, Lacrosse having two games against non-D3 opponents, uh, you really do want to brush your resume up here a little bit if you're lacrosse with a very dense one-loss scenario out there. So even if you lose this game, you want to play this game close against Whitewater to give the committee uh, some extra reason to sort of ignore these out-of-conference games that you played, which they went one-and-one in ultimately. So 
you know, lacrosse has a lot to still prove as far as the committee goes. Uh, a team playing only eight games inside Division Three is a little bit of a head-scratcher when you compare them against teams that play 10 games inside Division Three. So keep your eye on that question, ultimately. They're going to be uh, needing to root for, uh, I'm sorry, I should say Whitworth needs to be rooting for scenarios where the Liberty League basically plays themselves out of Pool C contention and the Pack plays themselves out of Pool C contention to start clearing the way. Also, they need to root for Ohio Northern this weekend to beat Baldwin-Wallace and get yeah. the OAC out of contention for a Pool C bid. There's a lot of teams in front of Whitworth right now, and some of them will get picked, but the question is how quickly and will they get to the board in time to be picked? So Whitworth needs to start rooting for some upsets in other places in the nation, and they need to root for Carnegie Mellon because Carnegie Mellon would become ranked with a win this week versus Washington and Jefferson. They need this regionally ranked win on their resume, ultimately. So Whitworth has a lot of outside interest this weekend, and it's, what, 6 a.m. out there right now, so they probably won't wake up to this, but yeah. we'll make sure they hear this. You, you th- th- yeah. This is what you need to start rooting for, is carnage in other places in the country. Harden-Simmons to drop one accidentally here uh, would be another one, but they're looking pretty strong with Kyle Jones having some good, uh, good throwing uh, back there and some good poise for sure. So that's how things look right now. Um, you know, I, I never updated our uh, slide with uh, or our uh, numbers. What, what is our win-loss record in our uh, picks coming into this weekend? Do you have that by you by any chance? Well, I, I'm sure you've been waiting for, for this number for a while because it's we've gotten, you know, after my huge lead was blown up um, <laughs> after last weekend, and you were 13-1 and one win here. Let's see here. Sorry, I'm knocking things over. I, I believe it's I'm, – I believe I'm 70 and 28, and you are 68 and 30. So we're both right around 70% on that's, our that's... picks so far. That's respectable. Uh, for both of us, it's respectable. Yeah. I, I mean, you crapped out, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, hey. <laughs> so if that's the case, there it is. Uh, in real time, we just updated that uh, stuff. I never asked you for it earlier, and I should have. My bad. Um, we got 14 games here. We're going to predict them. Uh, this could be interesting because yeah, there's some tough calls all along these. As I was inputting them earlier, I was like, you can't be serious. We're, we're, one of us could go below 500 this week. It is very possible if the, the tie turns an yeah. interesting way here, one of us goes below 500. So without further ado, you know how it works. You'll start. Music has started. And when the first game is on the screen, the clock will start. So good luck to you, sir. And here we go. First game, Region 1, Bridgewater State at Framingham State. At least I got a relatively, quote-unquote, easy one to start off here. So um, I like the Rams. I feel like they've been on a roll for a while. They look like the best team in the MASCAC. I think they clinch the conference this weekend. Uh, Bridgewater State will give them a good push. But in the end, I'd say Framingham State wins 35-21. to yeah, Dartmouth uh, loss uh, by Bridgewater State's a head-scratcher at home, no less. And so I, I think I do give the yeah. edge here uh, the same way to Framingham State uh, by the score of 35-20. 
Okay, up next, uh, perhaps uh, you'll just have to take my word for it for a second here. Oh, there it is, Gallaudet, uh, Gallaudet, excuse me, at Anna Maria. Uh, Amcat woke up uh, with a hangover, that's for sure, after uh, that loss to Castleton, and um, I think the bell may be ringing. Uh, their bells may have gotten rung from uh, Coach this week. Uh, Coach Maroney was probably uh, ringing them all week long after that loss, so I think they're ready to go here. Uh, they've got a pretty good balanced offensive attack. I realized this when I was looking at last week's game uh, against Castleton. So I like Anna Maria here uh, in, in by some decent numbers here. I think uh, they're going to win this game 31-17. Yeah, this is where I ran into trouble last week, Frank. I thought I was you know, being smart picking some of these road teams. And right now, you know, Gallaudet's done well on the road, but their games have been... A little close. They lost a narrow one to Alfred State, who I believe Anna Maria, you know, beat by 11. So, yeah, I guess I'm going to go with the home team, Amcats, to ring the bell. Close game, though. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. So I'll say Anna Maria wins at 31 to, well, I guess 28. That's three points, yeah. <laughs> Castleton at Alfred State. Go ahead. Geez, well, the yeah, the, the pioneers have been have been tough uh, lately. Um, but Castleton is after the, a weird sort of losing streak to teams from New York. They've done pretty well for themselves, but yeah, I don't know. They're zero and three against teams from upstate New York. So you know what? Heck, I'll take the pioneers to um, to beat Castleton at home, upstate. Uh, say thirty-eight to thirty-one. It's a tough one, uh, to, to be sure, because uh, I've seen Alfred State really do well at home uh, in late-season games. And it is cold up there, but Castleton's a Vermont team, so they're used to it. Let, let's not kid ourselves there. Um, I'm going to give it to Alfred State as well here. I, I think they're going to get this one. Uh, they're going to nip them, basically, at the end, 24-21 in favor of Alfred State. Salvary Regina to Husson for the CCC. That's a long trip. There's no doubt that's a long trip. Um, I'm going to uh, say Salve holds on here, though. Uh, you know, we've sort of just omitted Husson from a lot of the discussion about the CCC throughout the season, but they are still sitting there with a chance, and they know that. But I think Salve Regina can finally put an end to this and then have us concentrate on what the three-way tie could be by the score of 30 14. Yeah, it's interesting because Husson's two losses are to Mass Dartmouth and Endicott, each by a touchdown, but they barely beat Nichols last weekend. Um, they smoked University of New England, which I think Salve, you know, they, they had a similar result, but they and they beat Nichols by a wider margin, but I don't know. I, I feel like this is the Seahawks' year. Um, I think they'll hang on. It'll be a close game, uh, lower scoring. It's probably going to be snow up there. <laughs> Maybe who knows? Uh, Twenty-four to twenty-one, Seahawks. Region two, Union at Ithaca for the Liberty League uh, Part One. Oh man, this this is where it gets really tough because Ithaca, but Butterfield is. So hard to to handle, but Union did it a couple of years ago with a lot of the same players, Bellamy, Irabor, Ross. 
Uh, Hobart offense, though, made that defensive secondary of Union look pretty rough, though. Oof. <sighs> All right. Dutchman, 27-20 in overtime. <laughs> Why not? I think the emotion from last week's game in that uh, kind of surprising overtime scenario that uh, played out at uh, Frank Bailey Field in Schenectady is going to hurt Union here. I think that Ithaca is going to be coming off that loss with a renewed awareness of what's on the line now. I think Union is going to be a little bit slow in getting out of the starting gate, enough that they're going to trip up early and not be able to come back in this game. I'm going to pick Ithaca in this game by a score of 28 24. You look surprised. Oh, hey, you know, it's sometimes, you know, the reverse psychology thing can work for you. Sometimes it does. <laughs> Muhlenberg at Susquehanna. Uh, you know what? The mules just look good. Uh, there's no avoiding saying that. I, You know, they've maybe not blown out opponents uh, subsequent to that uh, Johns Hopkins game as much as I would have hoped. But I still think they looked really good overall, and they've been looking to this game, I think, as part of their problem. And this game is finally here, and I think they win it by a final score of 30-24, to 24, thanks to Michael Nakowski's great arm. I think the Mules are going to win it thanks to defensive coordinator Corey David's game plan. He's going to figure good out point. a way to limit the Riverhawks' um, offense and... Mr. Nate Elite Statesman Milne will have something queued up uh, on O to uh, get the Mules back back into the playoffs, potentially. I think they'll win it 31-27. to 27. Next up, it is W&J at Carnegie and Mellon. Did I say Carnegie and Mellon? It's Carnegie and Mellon, in case I did. Carnegie and <laughs> Mellon? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Is this my turn to start? Oh, boy. Yes. We're not even halfway through this, are we? Taking forever. Um, this is a tough one because Carnegie Mellon's defense has been playing so great. And what really tripped up W&J with Westminster was that defensive effort the Titans put together. Carnegie Mellon's at home. I think the, I think the Tartans pull off the upset and create havoc. Um, I don't know why. And... I really think the president should win this game, but after last weekend, I'm kind of a little shell-shocked, so I'm going to try to pick some upsets here. Tartans win uh, sh- low-scoring 28-21 to 21 game. WHA should win this game and will win this game. I, I believe that Coach Sirianni's got them ready for this one. I think it's another case of looking ahead scenarios. may have bitten them a little bit on the way to this game. Um, they've got to calm down on what their quarterback situation is, obviously. That's been a little bit of a uh, perplexing scenario. I'm not sure what Heacock's status is or isn't at this point. So uh, I'm going to say W&J wins this game 35-24. Trinity at Birmingham Southern for the SAA. You know, we didn't know if Chris Shuford would be uh, coming uh, back this season. And he did, and it made a huge difference for Birmingham Southern. We watched him in the spring uh, without him being there. We're watching them now with him. It's a different team. He's a glory candidate uh, from two years ago and again this year most likely for a reason. Birmingham Southern wins this game basically on his back, I think, on this one by the score of 30-27. Well, 
one thing we it's funny it's actually kind of rainy and and drab out here in florida so i was going to say initially that weather won't really affect this game probably but it might a little bit the one thing that stands out to me frank though with trinity is that their defensive numbers are so strong um i feel like they're gonna have the athletes to try to bottle up you know they're not gonna keep shuford out of the end zone but i think they'll play well enough to win a close one here 24 to 17. Baldwin Wallace at Ohio Northern. Uh, geez. Ohio Northern was so close. I think they're going to have a, a little bit of a letdown this week after getting Mount Union sort of to the brink. Yellow Jackets looked a little iffy. I think they, they had, you know, the lights kind of scared out of them. So I think it'll be another close game, but Baldwin Wallace will hang on to win uh, 35 to 28. I think Coach Paul is going to have them ready. Ohio Northern wins this game at home. Uh, it's not a letdown so much last week. They, they played their butts off, and I think they're going to play their butts off again here to yep. uh, you know kind of finish this one the right way. Um, High-scoring game, 40-32. Uh, we'll go John Carroll versus, uh, John Carroll at Heidelberg. Uh, boy, you know, we've tooled on John Carroll all season long and in the preseason, and here's the chance for us to basically look really smart or really stupid at this point uh, in the season. So I'm going to give the nudge here to John Carroll. Um I just think that they've looked overall slightly better than Heidelberg this season. And I think that they're hitting a small crescendo at this point after kind of tripping up in the early games. I think John Carroll's got a little bit of the edge here. Um, our clock's down that low. Wow. Uh, 24-20. Yep. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I'll go with the blue streaks also. I think it'll be probably like a 35-21 type of game. Um, and so, yeah, Carol's still keeping things alive in the Pool C area. Albion at Hope. Bonus coverage. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, home team, uh, the Dutchmen have had Albion's number over the last five or six seasons. They always play close games, but so far the Flying Dutchmen haven't really lost many of those, so I'm going to stick with that track record. Um, Hope wins 31 to 24. Albion, I rode you to the uh, comeback last week on our stats. Here, I'm going to ride you further. You did. Here. Uh, the Brits just look really good. They, they look like they've learned from yeah. their mistakes this season. I'm not going to lie to you on that one. And I, I think they're going to win this game uh, and create some problems, I think, <clears throat> right, in the uh, MIAA if they do so. Um, yeah. 32-17. I think they're actually going to ramp on this one a little bit. North Central at Wash U. Uh, while Wash U, we, we've tried to make this sound like an exciting game. It's going to be North Central all day. I'm sorry to tell you. 40-10. Yeah, I'll take the defending champs. It's uh, a 55-21. Lacrosse at Whitewater. Now, Lacrosse has had some close calls. Um, Whitewater's played in a couple of close games too, but I just think too much power from from the Warhawks. They'll uh, pound the rock, as they like to say, and they will win this game 
28. Uh, it's going to be closer than that, but you're right about playing at Whitewater. It's it's uh, always a daunting experience, and so I think Whitewater wins the game. 15,000 plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 27-24 as the final there. Uh, the last game is Pacific at Whitworth, and uh, the Pirates have my vote of confidence on this one by far. They're going to win this game by uh, double digits or double figures again. Uh, 44 to 20. Yep, my uh, Week 9 offensive MVP, Jaden Pruitt, is going to probably throw for four TDs. I like the Bucks, 35 to 20. And with the two minutes of bonus coverage, which technically we deserve when we go to 14 games. I don't know how we did it last week exactly yeah. uh, without yeah. that, but we, uh, we got through. And... Uh, we have some different picks uh, through the second half of those. I noticed we started deviating quite a bit, uh, and then at the very end, it was not yeah. for obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But this would be interesting. And uh, again, for those of you that don't understand what the blitzer is, let, let's explain it to the best we can. I think NFL Red Zone comes to Division Three football. We've picked out about twenty-ish yeah. games that could have some influence on Pool A and Pool C. And we're going to basically go from game to game to the degree we can. The ones that are closest, obviously the ones we sit on for longer. But we'll try to touch them all and give you uh, some view of those games. Week 10 is generally more exciting than Week 11 in this respect. Because the universe of exciting games in Week 11, you kind of know who they are. And you know what everybody's playing for. And so it shrinks down to about 7 or 8 games that are must-wins, it seems like, every year in Week 11. In Week 10... All hell is still breaking loose throughout this country in Division Three. So Started in that's week why we do it. Yep. <laughs> so that's why yeah. we do this in Week Ten uh, when we don't have a game that we feel like we need to attend. We have a lot of games we feel like we need to attend this week, and that's when we do something like this. Uh, so while I would love to be uh, at Ithaca to watch Union, uh, you know what? It's not fair to the other teams that deserve exposure tomorrow and that's why we do this and uh, gives JB an opportunity to have his pretty face on a Saturday show again instead of you know just sitting back at home tweeting to you uh, he gets to tweet to you and talk to you at the same time uh, watch him multitask tomorrow it'll be amazing but uh, any games tomorrow that you're especially like you know what folks you might not think we're going to be focusing much on these games but these these two or three games we're probably going to be on more than you realize Okay, so if you if you throw out some of the obvious ones that you know, like the especially in the the sort of second half of the day when 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 lacrosse whitewater starts, that's going to get a lot of attention. Um, starting off the day, probably our our main focus will be on you know Framingham uh, versus Bridgewater State because there's a, a an automatic qualifier qualifier conference championship on the line there. Um, but you know, aside from Union Ithaca, Muhlenberg, uh, Susquehanna. I mean, obviously, the Trinity-Birmingham Southern game is huge. That's another conference title type of game. But then there's going to be some little sort of random ones out there, Frank, that we're going to – that fans should be aware of, like Springfield at MIT. Um, it, that's going to have a huge impact on the new Mac race. Um, if you're a Merchant Marine fan, you want MIT to win. Um and kind of throw that off the whack. Um, you know, we'll, we'll even keep an eye on a game that won't have any playoff implications at all. Uh, one loss, Wesleyan's going to try to knock off undefeated Williams in the NESCAC. That you know, they're one of the last undefeated teams out there. You know, we'll we'll probably check on that one too. It's the, always great games between those two teams. And then, as I mentioned before, down in 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 the ODAC, 
Ferrum could play spoiler uh, and, and give Washington and Lee that loss that Randolph Macon needs them to have to get back into the ODAC race and, and create some havoc there. So we'll be kind of bouncing around all over the place. Aurora, Lakeland, out in the Midwest later on in the day. So many great games to check in on, Frank. It's going to be a lot of fun. We said it would be a quick show. It's 36 minutes in the uh, uh, timer right now, so uh, we need to get off the air here and go live our lives for a few minutes. Uh, this has been a, an incredible last uh, six days, to say the least. Uh, it's going on seven days now, uh, starting with uh, the Union – well, starting with RPI, going to see the families over there at the Ithaca RPI yeah. game, then over to Union and uh, the excitement from the Hobart game there, and then the shows we've had this week. Oh, look at you switching hats here. Uh, then uh, the shows we've done this week with the regional the RPI, rankings. Guys. We appreciate all your uh, support and uh, love and notes and likes and retweets. And please do continue to do that because we want more people to know we're out there, especially this time of year. We get people on behalf of parents sending us questions about how the playoffs work and stuff. And that's great. And we'll explain playoffs. more about how the playoffs exactly work or the selection works. And we do have a note out to the NCAA to get Dewey Nats, the uh, national chair of uh, the selection committee on the show on selection Sunday to explain any uh, anything we see that's a little bit weird from the brackets and how they arrived at their decisions. Uh, usually we get one or two tidbits that uh, people learn something from, although they've become pretty well-oiled in the machine that is the NCAA selection committee over the years. It's interesting this year, though, with six regions, technically I think it means that there are 12 people in the room versus just the eight in the old days, so... It'll be interesting, interesting yeah. to hear if that changed the dynamic at all of what they do uh, in that selection. Thanks for joining us, folks. We will see you tomorrow on the Blitzer Show, and stay tuned for a lot of fun action. This is going to get a little bit crazy this weekend. Noon Eastern. Tune in. We'll see you there. 9 a.m. Pacific.